0: Hi there, welcome to the More Simple Podcast. This is a podcast for Blacks, Asians, and those who love them. I am Mo, and I am your host, ready to spark your curiosity as I take you on this adventurous ride of exploring cultures through the stories of my guests from all over the world. On this show, we get really personal discussing salient issues that are relevant to our contemporary age and also building community around them as our guests exercise courage and vulnerability in sharing their life's experiences we hope that in turn you are inspired by them and that you get the courage in it to set your own stories free enjoy the ride and thank you so much for listening All right, are we good to go? All right then. All right, everyone, welcome to the podcast. This is Mo
1: Ayo Hi, day.
0: And today we have a dynamic young lady. She describes herself as. Hmm, wait here for it. This, this guys, guys, this is long and good. She's the daughter of the Most High, and all these things have you know little emojis in them. So in case you don't know what that means, she's a wisdom seeker. So that the Yahweh soldier of, you know, Yahweh, she's an international scholar. She, she's, um, she has a master's degree in um, public health. She's into health services research, focusing on maternal and child health, especially in African and BIPOC populations that, you know, um, people of color. She also, she's also very interested in immigrant reproductive health. She's an encourager, a podcaster, a spiritual arsenal, a Bible dodo, which you are going to break down in so many ways. She's also, part of, she's also from a country that, I think I only have one friend from that country. It's an African country, which says a lot. So here's some fun facts about this country. If you do, haven't looked at the poster yet, I'd like for you to guess what this country is, where she's from. So um, the capital of that country in their language means you're welcome here. At home with us. They also have the largest elephant population in West Africa. It's also called the land of the honest men. Um, they host one of the largest crafts in Africa. And um, so they're a leader in African art. And um, even though they are prone to drought, they have been, they found innovative ways to work around it. And last but not least, the school week here runs from Monday through Saturday, <laughs> which, you know uh it's a big deal because they only get Sundays off but everyone join us in welcoming um Farida Yada who's from Burkina Faso to the podcast yam 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 pibare does that sound about right
2: <laughs> <laughs> um kind of <laughs>
0: okay I was going to say how
2: are you doing <laughs> hi hi <laughs> Uh, I know, that I, kind of I sounds mean. like
1: you're messing it up, but let's just leave it.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> Barka for coming to the podcast. Thank you.
2: Is that Barka? Thank you. Yes, Barka thank okay. you. Wow. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm impressed. So we have,
0: we, thank you. We have a Bay. And by the way, guys, she's also, she's learning Korean. She speaks a little bit of Korean. Just a little bit. Um, I emailed her because my work signature has my Korean name on it. And she responded by reading it out. I'm like, whoa. And then we got talking a little bit. But anyways, Farida, welcome to the podcast. Nice to have you. Thank you.
2: Thank you so much for having me.
1: Thank you for coming.
0: Thank you. Yeah. Your uh, bio, you're the first person ever to include emojis for all of those titles, which I thought was really cute. (laughs) So, (laughs) Uh, One of the things we just like asking is, you know, um, maybe a violent way of asking that would be tell us a little bit about yourself but that's you know straightforward but i'm just curious to know how did you find yourself in the u.s one and how long were you in burkina faso for maybe just talk about that because as a nigerian because nigeria to burkina burkina faso is in the west but we hardly you know ventured through there. i well I, I i as a nigerian i've been to um togo the Republic, Ghana, and that's just about oh, Syria alone, which is in the West. I don't really get to hear a lot about you know, Burkina Faso. So I'm curious to know one, what life was like for you, how you came to the U.S., and a follow-up question will be your impression about Nigerians as a whole, which I think might unpack a lot. But let's just start from that.
2: So... um. I was born and raised in Burkina Faso. I was born in Ouagadougou, um, and I moved to the U.S. when I was just still a, a little baby. You know, I thought I was grown, <laughs> but I was 17. I was 17 years old. That was in 2010, August 2010. I moved here right after uh, graduating from high school. I came for college, and it was... Oh, man, it was a huge, huge culture culture shock for me. Um, and I came to a historically black college when I first landed. And in my mind, I was thinking, oh, you know, it's probably going to be kind of similar because, you know, there's going to be black people there because it's a historically black college. So, you know, at least I'm not going to be kind of like completely lost. but wow, was I wrong. (laughs) I was very, very wrong, but uh, we don't need to, I guess, get too deep into that. So yeah, that was 2010, and I've been in the South since then. So when I came, I came to Georgia, and I graduated in Georgia, undergrad, and I moved to North Carolina for graduate school. So I've kind of been here about, yeah, I guess like 12 years now. That is so crazy. (laughs) Um. And I think the next question you asked was about how. Um, what was the question? Nigerian.
0: Nigerians. Nigerians. You know. Hey. Yeah, okay, Nigerians. Nigerians. <laughs> you just sounded like a Nigerian hey like that. I feel like
1: I feel like everything she needs to say is As in that hey. exclamation.
0: <laughs> Please tell us how we've been doing. Well, I hear
1: the pain.
2: <laughs> Let's say that. Um. You it's know. okay, you can be honest. You don't have to let say
1: be very this.
0: We already know our vices. We just always nice to hear from somebody else. I just sometimes. don't
2: understand. Like I just don't understand why y'all got to be so loud. Like <laughs> everywhere. If you guys are like the Chinese or Indians of Africa? Anywhere you go you will, I actually anywhere you go, I you actually
1: usually like say where the Americans of Africa.
2: I mean they just
0: proved that point by by just, you know, being loud while she's talking. I am proving that point. <laughs> like, we're proud lot. <laughs> you haven't said we do not We haven't like do. So proud. Get out of ourselves.
2: <laughs> so so we dominate. So you you mm. do. You really do. And you know, um, I told myself that I never ever ever would say this to a Nigerian, but I have to admit, <laughs> you guys are y'all are good. Most of you, most of wow. you, you're good and that's probably why you're proud because you you know you just don't at least none of the nigerians that i have met in the u.s mm. none of them subscribe to mediocrity and i have to respect that mm. i do and i do
1: I, I i was gonna say though that maybe we maybe why we're allowed is because there's 200 million of us so <laughs>
0: It's it's such a tiny space, and half of those people are in one place called Lagos. So we bump into each other, and we're so you know stressed already. I get, I I get it. You have to (laughs) make your
1: like, I'm here, y'all.
0: Yeah. So, Friday, I'm curious to know though, as a follow up question. When I was in Sierra Leone, and they found out we're Nigerians, we're really treated like you know celebrities. This was 2009 when I went on a missionary trip, and they knew a lot about. I'm curious, Was was
1: it rural or urban? where you were
0: both because we, we came through Freetown and then we went to moyamba for, for finally settled you know in kohindu which was you know quite rural you settled say like you lived the there
1: for the next 10 years we're
0: there for I a month so it was i know it what felt you like mean <laughs> 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 but it was a 16-hour <laughs> car ride by the way in a in a, in a military home base, so that was something but as a nigerian i felt really proud because they knew about artists they were like that was when Aki and Popo was, was raining. So, I'm curious to you know, in Burkina Faso, at that time you were there, what was Nigerian entertainment like? Was it dominating the space as well?
2: Yes, it was. I, recall, I grew uh, up watching Nollywood movies and wow. um, listening to, like, two Baba. We are
0: sorry for punishing you.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually really enjoyed it. I really did. I remember
0: mean, that was very presumptive of you.
2: <laughs> I really did enjoy it a lot. And I kind of yeah. Those older Nigerian movies, those older Christian movies that are almost like Indian movies, and it has like you know six parts and you're watching it over like two days and it's <laughs> it dragging on and on.
1: I am a tanga.
2: I am a tanga. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh my goodness, but that's hilarious! It's,
2: inter- it's
0: interesting because we had a guest on the show, her name, um, Malongo and she talked about how. Africans we need to do a better job of knowing each other's histories and so as as a like casting your mind back to when you were growing up in Wangadougo relative to you know your country to other countries did you know a lot about other histories of the other countries around you or about Africa as a whole?
2: So I remember learning about Africa as a whole um if you ask me what I remember about which country not much honestly because even my own you know my own history I can barely remember because I feel like I just haven't um it just hasn't been something discussed after I was done with like middle school and high school we don't really mm. we don't really go back and talk about it so it's uh yeah I do I do agree with you that it's important to learn each other's History, for example, Mm. like when I found out that, so the greatest uh, majority, you know, ethnic group in Burkina, they're the Mosi people, but they actually come from Ghana. Mm. And I'm like, see, that's, that's, I did not know that. Yeah, that's new to me. That's why we have to know, you know, (laughs) we have to understand our histories to really, to really grasp where we come from and Mm. understand that we really all are one. Yes, we have different ethnicities, different languages, different countries, um, and borders dividing us, but a lot of those borders were not a thing before the colonizers came. Amen, sister. (laughs) And so I think that Africans in general have forgotten that really we we are one. And I feel like Black people in general, uh, we're all Africans here, so we're talking about Africa, but I do think, you know, regardless... Um, even when it comes to African Americans and Caribbean people, just black people in general, we just have no unity amongst ourselves, and that is uh. why we 're still you know the bottom man on the totem pole in every society in the world and it 's really sad, it breaks my heart, but it is what it is mm. i don 't know how I got all of that from knowing our history, but. <didn't>. I was going to ask
1: you a different question, but before I do, I, I was just your last point though about black people having unity. Um, I'm wondering, other than the sort of general humi- unity that would be nice for humanity in general to have, mm-hmm. black people are also very. If you think about, like, if you take the color of our skin aside, like, and yes, you know, we all come from origin. Like, we all can trace our histories back to the population of you know the the landmass called Africa. But then, technically, everyone can also trace their origin to that same landmass, one. But also, um, there's also the question of, are we really... Like, it's one thing for us to walk towards unity, but it's under... I feel like, do we have to assume that just because we look this similar in terms of skin color, that, you know, we're not all still incredibly different, whether we're, you know, Black American or Afro-Caribbean or all the various shades of African and then before you get to like... Do you see what I mean?
2: Yeah, absolutely. We are the same, yet we are Because we have very different, different
1: histories. We have very yeah, different... Do. do you know what I mean?
2: Yes. Yeah. Yes, I totally get your... Like, just us three in this room are still very different. You know, you guys are yeah, both from exactly. Nigeria, but I'm sure... You know, if you're not from the same tribe, I'm sure you have very, very Yeah, he's an alien. Yeah, he likes
0: Apple products. It couldn't be any different <laughs> from me. So, yeah, that's one stark difference oh right there. Goodness, we speak different languages, yeah. But go ahead, sorry. Just wanted to make that clear and fact clear. For we what it's
1: for, for worth for those <laughs> looking for facts. <laughs> where, where we I'm, are, higher yes, we, are, I'm we higher are. status than him <laughs> when it comes to that... <laughs> We are the same ethnicity, but um, <laughs> yes, that's the only thing we have in common. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that was good. That is debatable, because <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there is light skin.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I need to pull of the DNA test to be sure that you're not transracial or something. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Sorry, my friend. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead for it
2: <laughs> um, I actually lost my train of thought. What were we talking about? Oh, yeah. Oh, I think were talking no, no, no.
1: You were talking about yeah. the the lack of unity among black people. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and and I, you know, push back a little on that, but you were about to respond to that as well. So I'd yes. like to hear that.
2: Yeah. So go back to the lack of unity among black people. I think that we can appreciate our differences and start mm-hmm. within, you know, within our own cultures, within our own communities, because, as Nigerians, I'm sure you guys are very familiar with uh, tribe wars is the same in Burkina is the same thing. I'm sure it's the same all over, you know, all over Africa. So that's what I mean by, you know, we're the same. Obviously, we're not the same, but the way I see the world and the way I see society, Mm -hmm. the Europeans hate each other, but they still work together to dominate. Same thing in Asia. They hate each other, but most of them work together to dominate. But when it comes to black people, I feel like regardless of their origins, we just are too busy pulling each other down. And I'm not making a general statement. Obviously, not all black people do that. But in general, that's what I've, that's what I'm noticing. And I think it's, I think it's sad.
0: Could it be that what we see is also like a trauma response? Because this, comes to stick, for example, the scrabble for Africa that happened, you know, when the Europeans that didn't like each other, because they were having a lot of food feeds with the, among themselves, mm-hmm. but they were united in fact that they wanted to go to this dark, unexplored continent, as they called it, and they divided and conquered us. So maybe what we are seeing right now is just a response to that trauma. Because if you haven't like addressed a lot of this systematic Chronic, long, prolonged issues. It seems that we are not united, but a lot of us are actually trying to just survive in this world. That almost like we have no sense of where home really, really is. Even though, as an African, I know where my home is, but like your place in this world. And then even trickling it back to the history we are taught. And I think Mulungo um, said it best when he said our education system in Africa. It doesn't breed a lot of leaders, it breeds a lot of followers. And who are we end up ending up following? The same people who colonized us? The West,
2: right? That's good, yes. Yes. Just always following other people, um, not not able to rise up for ourselves. And I'm just gonna talk about Burkina for a second. It's like to this day we're in twenty twenty two and we are a so-called republic, right? But I think ninety-five percent of all of the money that comes out of Burkina is sitting in the French bank, and we're still using yeah. money that's printed by the French <sighs> government. <laughs> so
1: I think there's a, there's a whole lot to even unpack with in yeah. the relationship same between, with,
0: same with Cameroon as well. Yeah. Well, same yeah, I'll go say
1: relationship between countries, you know, um, European countries and their former colonies, but particularly France, I think
0: even um, the uk has, even the uk uk no, no, just no, no, has a I, very I think i think france things.
1: has a particularly sort of you know i know i mean yeah. like over there's it. the whole thing with yeah it, it's all right it, it, yeah and uh, more strong-handed in some ways it,
0: yeah yeah yeah
1: mm-hmm. you know it makes I mean, you wonder like what if it was the French that colonized nigeria would we even be talking about this being loud and proud that we're talking about
0: uh, exactly so should we start maybe we would maybe not i don't know to the queen of england like thank you for leaving us but have they really left no 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 no, not not no i know i know like, what you mean i'm, I'm just saying like it's like
1: it. the the less of two evils
0: still <laughs> evil, not the less but i know what you mean no, no yeah but like
1: water. yeah do you see what yeah. i mean but yeah, yeah. it's it's but it's, it's a whole thing
2: it is it is yeah. um but i do have to say i i've caught myself wondering ah why couldn't you guys invade us instead of France? Because, because, <laughs> <laughs> because I'm oh, you actually
1: have uh, you actually have wondered that. Or I,
2: have, that. I, I have, and it's that's it's, interesting. Not bad. It's so sad. I mean,
0: for us to think, yeah, but I know what you mean
2: because you can you can see yeah. the clear difference. Even though we share a border, right? We share a border with Ghana, but you can see this. There's, yeah. there's a clear diff. Like we're still one of the poorest countries in the world. And Ghana next door is is completely mm. different. You know, they have their own currency and everything. Yeah. Um, But all of the countries that were, you know, colonized by France, we yep. are still struggling. We are still, I mean, Burkina is on the verge of civil war right now. <sighs> so, mm. it's, it's, yeah.
0: I mean, it's the same dynamic you see between Haiti and Dominican Republic. Mm-hmm. You know, which is like, Rich dad versus you know ultra poor dad. So the impact of colonization and the heavy taxes countries like Cameroon and all that they have to pay to France. And I'm wondering why it's not really talked about. There needs to be like a huge movement, a, 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 a protest. But our government, I think, you know, maybe some of them are actually gaining from it. So it's like eh. Yeah. why should they do anything yeah, about it they are
2: yeah gaining from it and that's why you know yeah. when people t- try to start you know talking about it try to start protesting they start disappearing yeah. or their family members mm. start disappearing <laughs> so mm.
0: Mm. My, my my next question for you was going to be this so again i really want to know more about your country because you're like the first burkina Bay on the podcast um Nigerians, we have this Ninjab pride, and you know, Nigeria, the carry last like Nigeria is always first. What's the Burkina Faso spirit like? How would you? And I know these are like generalized questions to ask, but I'm curious to you know what's the essence of your country. What, what makes you? What do you think makes you guys shine brighter or stand, you know, out differently from other African countries?
2: For me, I would have to say, um, just humility. We are called the mm. land of the I of the honest like, people. The honest men. It's honest men. So it's mainly, I would say it's more like righteous. Is the is is the better word? I think it's basically. Mm. So in French, it's le pays des hommes integres i I'm not even gonna try to say it in our language because I don't speak it. Don't shame me. But um, mm. <laughs> it's it's basically the land of men with integrity.
0: Mm.
2: Now. integrity is uh an interesting word to use because while the people may have integrity the leaders definitely do not that's the reason why you know we are in the spaces political spaces we are in but that's not you know just for Burkina it's in most countries and most politicians anyway so I'm not going to go there but I will say that we tend to be a very humble, humble people, uh, hospitable people. You know, usually when foreigners come to Burkina, they don't want to leave because the people are super friendly. I mean, I feel like a Burkina woman will take his shirt off
0: for
2: literally for a stranger. And, And growing up, I remember, you know, it used to be, peaceful. Now that I'm older, I understand that there actually probably has had to be a lot of bloodshed for Burkina to be this peaceful. But, you know, we were winning prizes for being like the most peaceful country in Africa. And now it's like the opposite. So I I remember (sighs) a lot of religious, let's say religious tolerance, if that if I can use that word. Um, I remember like the Muslims and the Christians praying together on their different holidays. And I used to think that was a beautiful thing. But I really doubt you would be able to see that again um, in this day and age in Burkina with everything that's going on in religious wars. So, <sighs> I mean, As that's very really sad yes, to hear. Yeah, that's what I'm going to say. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I
0: feel I a mean... really too sad. Oh, yeah sorry. go ahead, no, you go
1: ahead. i just gonna say, I feel a little sad because you started off wanting to highlight the good stuff, yeah um, but then, <laughs> yeah, you know and 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 I feel like that's just like the 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 challenge for so many of us, isn't it? It's yes. even with the good, there's still this sense of grief that's just always underlying,
2: mm-hmm. of the things yeah.
1: that have been lost and the things that could have been,
2: yeah, yeah, but-
1: yeah. But Solani, you're going to say something, so
0: No, I mean um when she was talking about being humble and all that I'm like Niger- Nigerians Nigerians just left the chat because we're yeah. anything but You guys
2: you <laughs> guys. You guys, you guys have humility, who is that? You guys need
0: to <laughs> But at heart we I mean we're very hospitable. I think that's where we, we kind of have, you know, similarities. And not to say that Nigerians are not humble, but we will shine first before we show mm, you that humility. Are we though? Are we though? <laughs> Know, we, have the, saying, we have the, the humble pride, okay? Our uh, pride, we have a humble pride. Um Bye. and I think when you're talking sorry, go ahead. Humble sorry, go and ahead. pride. Together. Humble pride, yeah. Don't tr- don't try and think about it too much. You know, you know.
1: You know that drugs you know meme. I too am extraordinarily humble. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> is what that sounds,
1: is what this sounds like, have right? We have now. a
0: humble pride. Uh and, and I think what I am there was saying about just how even in the good memories and some things are tainted because even growing up in nigeria like for example i'm christian i grew up with a lot of muslims when they would have like that if it's either three or even their religious holidays would you know eat together and there was no you knew they were different from us but that was just it but over the years religious intolerance and insurgence and just a lot of horrible things have popped up and It's like, it's hard to reconcile what you used to think about your country in the past from what it is right now. And it sounds to me like it's what's happening in your country as well. You know?
2: Yeah, that sounds very similar. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: So you moved here at 17. That's quite young. I think um, one of the guests we had a while back, Jessica Piris, she also moved here for college. What precipitated that move? Um, did you come by
2: yourself? Did you have family here? Um, I did come by myself. You could say that. But I... First of all, the reason I ended up here <laughs> is because I was following my friends. You know, I was 17. Mm. My original plan was to go to Canada. and But I was scared. You know, at 17, I didn't really feel like going to you know a different country and just losing all my friends because you know how it's like in high school you feel like you're gonna be uh, you know attached at the ribs forever (laughs) Um, yeah so I ended up coming to the U.S. because three of my uh, friends from high school were also coming here and we actually ended up going to the same school we even stayed in the same dorm together so we were by ourselves but technically we still had each other together And I think that definitely helped a lot with, you know, just having a little community, like just having a little piece of home. But I also think that it would have been better for us to go our separate ways and just kind of, you know, learn, learn life uh, differently. Because when you are just still in that, in the same, basically in the same environment that you were in in high school, you, you grow, but you don't grow as much as, um, yeah. I think you could, if that makes sense.
0: Mm. Mm. Um, So at 17, I mean, that's quite young, even though not too young, but it's quite young, given that you moved from a different country to another new country. What would you say was the hardest thing to adjust to? I think you alluded to culture shock, but could you give examples of things that are really starkly different and what helped you survive? You know, it's been like 12 years since, since you've been here, right? Yes. So, yeah, that will be my next question for you.
2: The culture shock, um, I would say that I grew up, even though I grew up in Burkina and it was a, you know, still a poor country and all that, I can't say that I had a very, very hard childhood. I went to an international school, I think from the sixth grade, and so... I was around people from all over the world. I was around kids Mm. from all over the world. So, you know, we had white kids, Indian kids, um, in, in a school. And that's what I was used to. I also had a lot of white teachers. So that's just what I was used to. So when I moved here and landed at HBCU, um, (laughs) it was So for those that
0: don't know, HBCU means historical black colleges and universities.
2: Yes. Yes. Mm. Um, and I will not name said college, but okay. <laughs> um it was everything was very centered around you know the uh african American experience, obviously you know as it should be, but the sense was um there was a lot of if if and i I want to use this word very carefully, but I almost felt like it was a breeding ground. For racism in in some of the in some of the classes there wasn't a lot of non-black people which i thought was beautiful i only had one professor my biology professor used to be a pakistani guy very very amazing man um and then there was an asian student that i saw sometimes on campus that's it everybody else was black uh, which was, you know, it was beautiful, but it's really not what I was used to, so it was a bit weird for me. Until I I transferred to a different school uh, for hmm. a lot of reasons, not just the culture shock, um, but you know, I went to a I guess a state state school, and it was I I felt a lot more familiar, you know, more familiar environment because it was almost like I was back home again with people from all over the
0: world. Mm. Oh, wow. And I, I think the follow-up question was that, I mean, given that you came here when you were younger, and I imagine that some of our listeners might begin to, at the stage they're in life right now, they might have k- kids or words they plan sending to send into other countries for education. What would you say helped you survive those times? Because I imagine it wasn't quite easy.
2: It definitely wasn't, and... What helped me survive? First of all, it would have to be the grace of God (laughs) because Mm. without that, a lot of us would not still, you know, would not still be here.
0: Mm But,
2: you know, having my friends there was a a big big help, I would say. Then when we transferred, you know, we ended up meeting a a whole bunch of, you know, people from Burkina as well. And so we kind of had our little... We just kind of had our little group, our little community, and um, we would be there for each other and help each other out. So that was nice. It also had its, its, its cons, but I'm going to focus on the positives. So that mm-hmm. kind of helped to, I guess, build emotional support um, for me. Um, And I ended up, you know, living with my friends from back home for a while. For the most part that I was uh, living in Georgia, I was living with them. So it's almost like a a little Burkina away from Burkina, if that makes sense. And (laughs) um, I was able to go home almost every, almost at least once a year to see my family. So that also helped that also helped you know with just the nostalgia and sometimes depression and my mom would come as well she would come when she could like either for summer or to spend christmas with me i'm a i'm a christmas baby i was born on christmas (laughs) day and um she my mom made sure to never i think it was only one birthday that i spent here in the u.s without my mom If I if I remember correctly. So in the past like twelve years, I think it was just one birthday where I didn't have my mom with me. So that helped a lot. And my faith. Mm. Yeah, but my faith would have to be the biggest thing.
0: The biggest one. So community and faith. That's good.
1: Tell us a bit about that, the faith um aspect. And and I think um well, I suppose I want before before we get into the faith aspect, I'm curious about what your you know your name Farida means because unless I'm wow. mistaken, greatly yeah. Farida is an Arabic name. Arabic it
2: name. It is an Arabic name. It yeah. means unique.
1: So, so with, are you? Do you come from like a Muslim family or? Yes and no. <laughs> right.
2: So right.
1: So let's let's talk. Do, about don't that. talk about that. <laughs> yes. Okay. And then and then you can sort of segue from that into how your faith has um shaped you know you know what you because i feel like there's a lot under what you said just now about how your faith the role your faith played but you know yes. first of all let's let's go back a bit
2: okay
0: Can i just guess that maybe because 60 percent of the population in burkina faso is muslim so yes. some names are just okay right, go ahead yes Sorry.
2: <laughs> so what i burkina is a majority um muslim country that is true and my name is a Muslim name. I believe I was baptized in a mosque. I don't know how that works because Muslim I, I name or
1: Arabic name?
2: Muslim name Farida, yeah.
1: Well, no, I'm just clarifying Arabic name for because some some for some listeners like because Muslim is not a language. After yeah,
0: <laughs> it's a religion.
2: Yes, it is a religion, but I'm saying Muslim name because it's. Uh, from my tied father's side the of faith. the family. Yeah. yeah it is I, think I think it's Arabic. It yeah. is. No, yeah. I think it's Arabic. It is. It is. It means unique. For many people, yeah. Yeah. It it means unique in Arabic. But the reason yeah. I said Muslim name is because um, my father is Muslim. Mm. And that's where the whole being baptized in a, in a mosque came from. As I believe mm. that took place when I was a baby. But. To go back, if you remember, I touched on religious tolerance growing up in Burkina. So my father is Muslim and my mom is a Christian. So a lot of... um, And this is, I mean, I do know a lot of Burkina Bay. I have actually a lot of Burkina Bay friends who are in the same situation, like Muslim dad and Christian mom or vice versa. And um, I always thought it was interesting and i always thought it was um admirable to be able to navigate these i guess faith streets (laughs) for lack of a better term with such respect and tolerance um but i also have to say that i i felt this way because i didn't understand uh my own beliefs so now Uh. moving okay no not moving to the u.s still when i was back home So I I grew up with my mom who was a Christian and I had the choice. So I have to say that that is also what I see as a privilege and the grace of God, because in most African families, whatever the father is, is what the rest of the family is going to end up being, whether you're the wife, if you're not of the father's religion, you will probably have to convert and the children usually have to follow the father's religion. That was not my case, and I think that was a big grace because I was given, I mean, but the belief in God wasn't really a choice.
0: baby <laughs> um, <laughs> establish that, you know. Choose your pig,
2: but I believe in God. <laughs> yes. Choose what what choose, <laughs> choose
0: exactly. you want to believe in. Yes, choose your poison,
2: basically. <laughs> and either go to Quranic school, you can go to Quranic school and learn the Quran, or you can go to um, catechism, because my mom is actually a Catholic, so I was mm-hmm. living with my mom, so i and I was never really I was never really drawn to Islam. I never understood it um and so I decided to go to catechism and learn about Jesus and I also learned about a whole bunch of other people um but i never uh, let's say as a teen, I was not as concerned with my relationship with god as i should have been or as i wanted to be for me church was another way to i guess run away from home to be with Mm. friends so i joined the choir when i was in high school and it was you know it was just something fun to do and that's how i started going to church every sunday because we would sing um and I can't I still I still cannot sing by the way, which is sad. But
0: only, only in the shower, maybe like no rest of us. Yes.
2: I call my um my ha- house my record production um shower records. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I call it. Well, I
1: think I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna borrow, I'm gonna I'm gonna yes. borrow that one. I like it.
2: <laughs> Drop the
0: beats not a self.
2: <laughs>
1: A shower Records <laughs> Inc.
2: Incorporated. incorporated. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they're moving here, and you know, kind of being away, and that's when I really, around I would say my my early twenties, I really started to have questions. I had so many questions about my faith. I actually started, you know, reading the Bible for myself. And I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, hold on. <laughs> Something is <laughs> the math is not <laughs> mathing. Some things are not adding up over here. And so I started asking questions. And, um, you know, my parents were not super religious people. I mean, my father, he's... I wouldn't call him religious. He does, you know, he does pray five times a day and all that, but he's very open. Um, And I remember having a discussion with him, telling him, you know, I don't really know about my faith anymore. I don't know what I want to be. I think I want to become a Buddhist. And he was like, oh, okay, that's cool. I mean, if you want to become a Buddhist, I can recommend a book that you can read. I mean, just weird. Like, (laughs) you would not (laughs) expect this type of response from a typical African dad. He was like, oh, yeah. He's quite (laughs)
1: open-minded.
2: Yeah, he's very, yeah, he's very, very open-minded. He was like, yo, you can read the Bhagavad Gita or whatever it's called. And Mm -hmm. because he's somebody who has, um, I guess, throughout his life, explored different faiths and different religions. um, And he believes that they're kind of all one and the same. I do not share that belief um, anymore. But I remember going back home and one of my friends... From choir, when I was in high school, I told him I had these questions like why are we you know why do we pray to Mary and this all of these other people because I don't really see that anywhere in the Bible, and I'm not understanding it, like can you can you find somebody that I can talk to and so he took me to a priest who was actually in seminary school at the time, and we had a very, very long discussion. It was almost like three hours, and I recorded uh. it, and unfortunately, I lost the recording uh. but You know, I asked him a lot of questions and, you know, some of some of the stuff that he told me, some of it made sense. Some of it was biblical. But the thing that really made me just leave Catholicism (laughs) after all that discussion at the end, before me and my friend were getting ready to leave, he pulled out this picture (laughs) of this white lady, you know, with the pink cheeks and like the baby in her arms you know the the representation mm-hmm. of white men. Mary. Mm-hmm. Oh, and so he said, "Oh, let's pray." And he, so he took that picture and he kind of put it out on the floor. And I asked him, "I was like, what? What you? What are you doing?" And he said, "Oh, you know, I'm just you know putting a putting up Mary." I'm like, first of all, that's a white lady with um these pink cheeks. I don't think that's Mary. I'm pretty sure she didn't look like that. And he said. And I asked him, but why, like, why are you, why do you need that to pray? And he said, oh, you know, it's just a reminder. It's it's just to remind me of her. And I asked him, I mean, this doesn't make sense, sir. How can you be reminded of someone you don't know? What do you mean? And doesn't the Bible tell us that we're not supposed to pray to idols? This this looks a lot like idolatry to me. (laughs) And so, um, you know, that's where... I guess we just didn't um, get along. And that's what turned me off from Catholicism. Then I became non-denominational and continued to read the Bible for myself. And I actually became fascinated with all of the stories in there. And I kept digging and digging some more. Um, And thats I guess that's my faith story. Just getting into the bible and then getting into some other stuff to leaving my faith and you know um losing my religion if you could say I went through Mm -hmm. a phase where I was like oh you know religion is madness and it's just um man-made and I still believe that to a certain extent because um I think that your relationship with God and just being submitted to what you believe he's told you, which for me is the Bible, is a lot more important than belonging to a specific organization or denomination, if that that makes sense. So yeah, I, I went through all of the phases to confusion, to leaving the faith, to saying, you know, this Jesus guy is he really God? <laughs> I don't think so. I just, I just don't think I, I believe this. To digging some more in the Bible and even in the Quran, and finding actually looking for proof and actually finding mm. it in there, which even reinforced my belief even more um, mm. that Jesus is God so that's that's my faith story but also just the fact that there's absolutely no way at least in me that God doesn't exist and I think that just coming here at 17 being in a you know in a dangerous dangerous space if I could say um there are just just so many things that could have gone wrong just so many things that could have happened to me but didn't so in a sense I don't feel like I really deserve to be here because God has saved me from a lot of madness and I'm very grateful and thankful um for that. That was a that was a long monologue. <laughs> <didn't> interrupt me <laughs> Why should
0: we?
1: That thanks, was good. Thanks thanks a lot for that. Um just just Read the Catholicism stuff because I've got a lot of Catholic friends, uh-huh. um, and I feel like I would be, I would, I would, I would be doing them wrong if I didn't clarify that. I think one thing, you know, Catholics will always insist on Roman Catholics um, is that they don't pray to Mary; they honor Mary. Honor Mary, yeah. Which obviously, you know, we can still have our debates on how exactly is the best way to do that but i think mm-hmm. I'm sorry not that they, don't, that they don't worship mary is um, i think something they will often um seriously object to as a misunderstanding of of their but yes. i understand what you're saying about the disagreements you know and i you know I, and i have where my areas of debate and things mm-hmm. but i'm just i'm just highlighting that because you know so like so how do i put it to so clarify for you know um, that this is i think what any of them would say if if that issue came up
2: yeah and i used to be one of them i used to tell you know my non-catholic friends that hey we don't um we don't worship mary we honor her and we respect her but if i think back to all of the times you know there was something going on in my family and there was a novena or praying the rosary it's it's, it's a form of worship, definitely. it it, it is I I, as a former Catholic, I definitely think that um, it's, 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 it can be considered a form of worship. um, But I do believe that, you know, it's not what so what I'm basically trying to say is I'm not just because I'm no longer Catholic, I'm not, you know, looking down on Catholics or judging the way that they pray, because anybody can pray how they want to pray. Uh, As long as it makes sense to them and they're still keeping it Christ-centered, I don't have a problem with with that. I just want to make that clear that um, there are are certain things that, to me, if I can't find um, a biblical basis for it, I would rather not add anything <laughs> to scripture or take anything away from it that's that's not there.
0: And and I think um the moral of this story is that religion our path towards faith and all that can be quite personal. Yeah. And and I think you expressing just how you started, you know, being born in a family with a Muslim father and then a Christian mom, and then trying, you know, Islam for a little bit, but you didn't quite get it, and then asking all those questions, and then you're finding a place where it feels this is my path for me. And it's something I remember once, and I kind of talk about how religion is like a map, right? It should. We might not be able to have the same direction. But where is it taking you to, right? Mm-hmm. Um, unlike Apple, which has like you know maps that sucks. But again, <laughs> all, all that to say <laughs> that even though we even though we might not really agree on everything, you know. But that's what your experience has been, yeah. and so we're not gonna knock that. Is what I'm trying to say. So now let's let's steer the conversation a little bit to something that I know that you're also very um, quite badass at. And I forgot to even mention how I met Farida. So Farida and, and I met at a Duke conference, which we're not going to be attending next year for some mm-hmm. very good reasons. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
0: Nope. <laughs> they refused to release the recordings to us in a way that we can download it. We had this workshop that was quite expensive and they wouldn't give us access to a recording recording like, permanently or even have us being able to download it, even though we contributed to that con- to the workshop. Anyways, I met her during that workshop and we had a little you know, Zoom chat privately going on and I got to know more about our work and I was like, let's keep in touch. And you know, so the rest of the state is history. So right now I know you're pursuing your PhD, right? Yes. In maternal and child health. Um, I had a question about that. So, I mean, number one, kudos to you. I mean, coming here at 17 and in less than 10 years or so, bam, 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 BSc, master's, PhD. I mean, talk about an overachiever. I'm all here for it. As I'm saying, kudos to you. Um, Why are you interested in immigrant reproductive health? Because I mean, that's fantastic. And as someone who's had, you know, I have endometriosis, I've undergone a lot of surgeries for variances. It speaks a lot to my heart. So I'm curious to know what really um, made you go that route. And can you tell us a little bit about your research? And for the sake of our listeners who are not all science inclined, maybe dumb it down a little bit. Not dumb it down, but maybe just explain and I I can fill in the gaps if needed. Break it down. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, yeah, sure. Um so i i've always been um i've always been science minded or science oriented um even when I was still in burkina i always knew from a young age i always knew i was going to be a doctor uh, my whole life i always knew i was going to be a doctor i knew that you know I would have this clinic i used to write my auntie's prescriptions <laughs> 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 I used to write their prescriptions for things and I used I remember I don't know like you know back home I don't know if it's the same in Nigeria Oh yeah you can walk anywhere yeah they write you the prescription and there's this little, the, the ink stamp and they, they put yeah. the stamp on the ink. So I used to do that. And I used to have some, um, some ink stamps that I think one was like a rabbit and one was a parrot. <laughs> <laughs> and I would write them prescriptions and stamp them. with. You the would do white of prescription
0: be- before I became a thing for a reader.
2: <laughs> there's a world out for your I somewhere
0: in Burkina <laughs> Faso <Foster> right now. <laughs> and one big sign for this little kid bandit <laughs>
2: um so that was my that was my thing i always wanted to you know to become a doctor mm-hmm. and i was always fascinated with um women's health i wanted to become um either um uh, an oncologist which is a cancer doctor because we don't have a lot in Burkina um to address the rise of breast cancer in Burkina mm. or a gynecologist just because of my own, I guess, my own journey with my own body. Um, mm. But when I came to the U.S., I started in pre-med. Then I went back home to do, I, I believe that was my first in my first year. So I was I was probably 18, 19 at the time. I was doing an internship in Ouagadougou at the maternity, uh, our local maternity at our main hospital. It's actually where I was born. Mm. And I remember seeing some things that scarred me, really scarred me for life and broke my heart. Um, first of all, the conditions you can imagine in Burkina, the conditions were not great. There were mm. You know, they were understaffed and there were a lot of women giving giving birth and a lot of them were just um, because of the lack of beds. A lot of them were just on the floor, in the hall, just, you know, laying on their, either they had those those mats or they would just have their, um, I guess you guys call it Ankara, just lay, lay on the yeah, floor yeah, yeah. yeah, and lie down on those things. Um, and you would have, you know, the, the IVs just, it was just, it was a mess. Um, then I noticed something else in one of the main rooms where the women were, where the beds were, they were just laying bare on their mattresses, or they would have to put their own cloths to cover the mattresses. But something that just enraged me, infuriated me was um, the minister of health was visiting one day during my internship. Let me tell you that before he got there, the room was cleaned, and they found some um, bed sheets and pillow covers somewhere somehow. But so, and I was just, I was just thinking, wow wow, like, it's not just in, it's not just out there, you know, in the government, it's literally at every single level of our society, and I remember my, so my uncle um, was, I believe he was the head of maternity at the time, Um, and he came in, and, you know, he saw that there were the the bed sheets were on and he said "No, no 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 I need whoever to whoever did this to take these sheets off right now because that's not our everyday that's not our everyday life why are you pretending that everything is okay we need these politicians to come and see the truth to see the reality of what we go through what these women go through every day because if they come and they see that everything looks clean everything looks good then obviously funding, we're not going to yeah. do the funding because they're going uh-huh. to think that everything is all fine and dandy, um, and that's when I was like, first of all, I don't think I don't I don't think I can do this. This <laughs> this is too much for me. Um, and the other thing that really drove um, the point home that I don't think I'm meant to be a doctor is when I saw. I went into the, the delivery room and I saw what was going on over there. I, I got sick. I got sick and I don't think like, I came nope, to the I'm, the, I'm the out of here. I was like, yeah, no. Um that was my first time really experiencing just seeing blood for just blood just everywhere, just gushing everywhere. Um and I only thought that, you know, that's kind of something you only see in the movies. And I'm not somebody... The bodily fluids don't really make me uncomfortable. But there was one... There was a young girl who gave birth during my internship, and she passed away. And I still Hello. think about her to this day. I don't even remember her name. But I remember attending... Like, all of the interns attended the... I forget what it's called. But there's usually, you know, a meeting with all of the staff and all the people who were supposed to be on call because she passed away at night. And... I remember during the meeting they were just discussing you know what happened who was on call who did what and what could have been done for this to not have happened Mm -hmm. and I understood that you know although they are probably feeling the pain as well and obviously hurt because we're all human beings they were really discussing the whole thing like it's just something that happens every just like you know it's just regular, um everyday occurrence And I was, I was holding, I was holding back my tears the whole time because I was embarrassed and I couldn't stop crying when I got home. And I told myself, this is not, I don't think I can handle this type of, this type of stress. And I also don't want to have to turn my emotions off to the point where, you know, I, I just keep moving because people's lives are dependent on me and I can't just be out here being emotional when people are literally dependent on me to save their lives. Okay. And that's when I realized I don't think I'm cut out to be a doctor. But also, uh, she died from something that was very preventable. And a lot of the women over there were suffering and dying because of infections. Which is, oh. you know, it's preventable. So that's why I decided to go into public health, which is the branch of... It's not medicine, but I guess the branch of health care. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah mm. That deals with prevention. Because in my mind, it's better for us to work towards preventing things like, you know, infections. Infecting them. yeah treating them. So that's why I mm. you know, decided to get my master's in public health. But I've always mm. wanted to work for women. And um, when I got to the U.S., um, I realized when I started... You know, grad school, getting into research. I just started looking into um, the reproductive health of people that look like me, more specifically yeah. for African, you know, women in the U.S. Because you know, there's a there's a lot of us. I've I've met so many of them, but I couldn't really find much information. Now, yeah. if you look for information on immigrants and you know, reproductive health, you'll find uh, you will find a lot. On European immigrants, you'll find a lot on um Latino immigrants, which makes sense because you know they're right here goes, yeah uh-huh. yeah, they're uh-huh. right here, but I can't deny that the African population is rising, and we're having a lot of babies here in the u s so i uh-huh. um I'm passionate about driving the information um for people that look like me and their and their reproductive health. So that's why I study what I study. <laughs> I hope that will
0: be. No, I mean, I mean, wow. Because, you know, you're so spot on. The, the black population here is set to increase to about 5.2 million. And Africans are filling that up because we're having more people coming in. And it's just amazing to see how, Growing up in Burkina Faso and just the experiences you had is what's informing your practice to today. And I bet you couldn't have seen that coming even as a young child whenever you were in that hospital. And I think your work has merits. I think it's very important because whatever you're doing is also going to help inform, you know, practice. As someone who's um, navigated the healthcare system, because endometriosis, fibroids and all that, those have some cultural elements. I want to think about the culture of medicine here. And God help you if you don't have an OBTYN who is very cultural, you know, competent, culturally competent, your health outcomes is gonna be so bad. hmm I've had to go back to Nigeria to get a lot of things resolved because it was worse here.
2: Yes. You know? I've had the same thing. Yeah. Um, not yes. when it comes to reproductive care, because uh, you know, I, I haven't reached that I guess, level in my life yet. (laughs) I hope you never reach that level. (laughs) Where I'm trying to, you know, um, actually have kids yet. So I haven't had really that issue. But when it comes to things like dentistry or even just other things, I find myself just, I can't wait to go home because crazy enough, this poor Poor, poor country in the world has a lot better dentistry care than the best country in the world. Yeah, like yeah.
0: and it's cheaper too. <laughs>
2: it, and it is cheaper, you know. And I told some of my friends that, like, oh, you should come and see. You know, the dentist I go to back home in Burkina. You know, he literally has a camera and a screen where I can see what he's doing in my mouth on the screen while he's working in my mouth and I'm like, what? Are you serious? I'm like, uh, yeah. I haven't seen that here in the US yet.
0: Hello. <laughs> <laughs> I really would love that part. <laughs>
1: yeah, well, it, You know, it's, it's the thing we keep talking about about how sometimes, because we don't have some infrastructures, we leapfrog mm-hmm. straight to, like, the innovations whereas um, in in some of the countries where those infrastructures are developed in a certain degree. It's hard for them to make those shifts. You see what I mean?
2: Yeah.
1: And so, but again, that gives you a like that gives us a picture of some of the places mm-hmm. where opportunity is just waiting. So, for instance, fintech now is growing faster in Africa, and in you know, yep. in Kenya, in Nigeria, in India than in in the US in some ways.
2: What's fintech? Because Elite the US. About- <laughs>
1: financial technology you know mobile banking yeah it's
2: so
0: i mean i'll show
1: you that when i heard that they still use checks i'm like seriously yeah even in nigeria i can't remember the last time i used the checkbook or remembered where my checkbook was mm.
0: you yes you know but again
1: it's because they have like those infrastructures in place although again you of course some of it is also just us though because in the uk which also has very historical old, you know they move faster systems, than, yeah. than yeah. a lot of those things, so yeah, but yeah, it's just the point I'm making anyway is that there are these areas where you know um because sometimes I think we are trying to match up to other countries instead of thinking in a different way of where can we move faster, even you know, almost like thinking like a startup almost mhm-, yeah, you know where if you're going to you know if you're going to take over from the incumbent, then you don't just try to be good at what they're good at. You mm-hmm. try to be good at what they cannot, what, they are, what the things that they're good at cannot let them be good at, if you see what I mean.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: You know, which is how, for instance, China is the manufacturing powerhouse of the world right now. Because yeah, the it, truth is, nobody it, else can do what China is doing.
2: Yeah, they, they, there's literally nothing they cannot make.
1: Well, it's partly because the labor is cheap, but the problem is that if you cannot make labor cheap in Western countries,
0: they're gonna have that same problem over and over again.
1: Yes. So, and because you cannot make labor cheap in Western countries, they have to keep going back to places like China.
0: And I'm sure it kills them that they have to do that.
1: But I mean, like, if you like, like people say, if if you if your computers and your phones were made in the UK and US, then you couldn't afford it.
2: Yeah, for sure. Yep.
0: So and a little unknown fact Samsung products even though they're cheaper for us in the West is more expensive for Koreans to buy. They actually hmm. charge them more than they would, you know, in the West, even though it's produced there. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, anyways, um wow, for I like I mean so we've talked about just you know, you coming here, your faith, your research, I guess just to kind of round us off would be what, like, what's your hope for the next few years? Like by the time you're done with school, and I'm not going to ask you what phase you are in your PhD program, because <laughs> when I was a PhD student, I hated that question. <laughs> it's almost as, keen as as asking somebody, how many kids do you plan to have or what's your BMI? It's so intrusive. But um, let's say everything is gone and done like, what, what, what's, what's the next few years looking like
2: for you? You know I don't know I'm just going to be honest Um, I, I'm at Fair the enough. point I've reached a point in my life Where I gave up Fighting with God Because it's like I keep making um. plans And it seems like he just keeps laughing in my face Like okay go off girl <laughs> <laughs> Just make your plans Um, uh, But write them in pencil Because I have a different plan for you. So I'm just really taking it one day at a time, really just trying to, um, and also just focusing on being present in the moment and working through some mental health challenges that I've had. Um, I realized that I was too focused on the end of the journey without realizing that the the actual journey, the actual process Is what is important so I'm just trying to live in the moment and understand that the process you know with the ups and the downs is what is really um turning me and you know shaping me refining me into who I am and who I'm meant to be so I'm just trying to enjoy the ride and keep it simple take it one day at a time one hour at a time sometimes it's just half an hour at a time some days (laughs) to be honest but um i am in my fourth year and i'm planning this is my i'm just saying it's my plan i don't know what god's plan is and my plan (laughs) is to be done (laughs) um by this time next year and hopefully (laughs) start a postdoc in uh, 2024 but like I said, that's my plan. I don't know what's gonna. I don't know what's gonna happen, but I'm. That's I'm fine. believing that. <laughs> um, you know, that's that's how things are gonna go, and I'm gonna put my best effort into that, and just leave the rest to God. I mean,
0: fair enough. There's a as we were talking. There's a I, I recall a Yiddish um, proverb that says. The only time God's laugh, God laughs is when we're ma- busy making plans.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you,
0: you talked about that. Um, mm-hmm. Two more questions from me will be, so I know you, like I alluded earlier on about you reading my name in Korean. What got you, you know, into Korean in the first place? And what's your language, pro- like your learning process like these days?
2: What got me into Korean? Probably, wow. I don't know if it's K-pop or K-dramas, but oh. I just I it was probably K-dramas to be honest. I started watching K-dramas and it sounds so it sounds so similar to a language that, you know, we have back home for the Moshi people. Like some of the the intonations and the pronunciations just sound so similar. So I started getting fascinated oh. with it cuz I thought it was really beautiful, and I still do. And I taught myself the alphabet um, and I kept, you know, trying to practice. I used, um, what is it called? I think, talk to me in Korean. In, oh yeah. In, yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I
2: used their, their resources a lot. That was a few years ago. One thing we haven't talked about was I was so obsessed with learning Korean that I actually was planning to go do my PhD in Korea. Um, that would be
0: the south, by the way, you not know the north, guys. Just in whoa. case. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: <laughs> south in South Korea. Ain't
1: nobody Absolutely. going
2: north. At least not for now. Um, in South Korea, I applied and everything, but yeah, it didn't work out, and I'm. Um, Now that I think back, I'm glad that it didn't because I'm sure I would have had fun for the first year, you know, learning the language. But then when it came to doing an actual PhD in a whole, like in Korean, I don't know that I would have been able to really grasp um, or catch up to all these years of education that I've done in English. So that's where I am with Korean. I haven't practiced it in a long time. I used to go to a Korean church here um, in Charlotte. And one lady over there was very nice to give me Korean lessons for free. Um, That's And I missed miss that because I haven't been since COVID. COVID really... Yeah, you can blame COVID for my lack of <laughs> Korean practice because... I haven't really seen her since then And I just kind of fell off I don't even really watch K-dramas like that anymore But I do need to get back into it Because um, it did help me through some dark times
0: I mean, I don't know if this helps Because I used to go to a Korean language school I was actually teaching the beginner's um, class Before COVID hit And I've had to think about innovative ways I almost actually got recruited into a Korean cult. Best believe it. Wow. Because of this, my <laughs> I think I mean and I have talked about my I had an episode where I talked about almost getting recruited into a cult. It was free language learning and it was a front for a cult, by the way. Um wow. but I, I have um yeah, you should go listen to that episode. I have um I have there's an app called Italki and you can connect with tutors from across the world. Mm-hmm. My Korean um sons name, she's from Australia and the timing works. That's also another resource. I still listen to Talk to Me in Korean. Um, I I do back transitions when I watch Korean dramas. I pretty mu- much watch them almost every day because I use that for my natural speaking. Mm. So when... Because the transitions come like a little bit, you know, after they've stuck to, to them. So I read the transition... In English, and then I quickly guess how to say so it. You in, have that, in English. You have yeah, that in Korean. Little... That tiny little lad to, to kind of think on my feet and fast. And then another thing is, um, I, yeah. I mean, you probably have this already. I have English and nice. Korean keyboard on my phone. Um, yeah. I talk to my Korean friends. I mean, we have a no, no English um, policy rule, Except when they are trying to learn English through English me. So that really car- my um, my sentences naturally. I also write Korean every day. I'm part of a sub strict, um, uh, a strict on, uh, sorry, a subreddit. Uh, it's mm. called Write Strict Korean, and I'm on day 429. I've been writing Korean every day for the past 429 days, and wow. that has been the greatest for me because when I started writing it, it was so awkward. But I realized, like going back to day one, I'm like, wow, I've come a long way. I'm using complex sentences. How to like end stuff naturally? So again, I'm just giving you tips of. You don't have to just necessarily rely on that person teaching you. I think they did a fantastic job giving you free Korean lesson, but there's so many things you can do on your own, giving your yeah. time. But I don't know how you're gonna manage that. I'm quite obsessive with Korean. It's about one of the few things in life. <laughs> I mean, they don't come me <laughs> That I'm quite obsessive about, and I, la- we I love. We didn't notice. Language. It's it's it's. <laughs> it's, it's, it's It's like a mental health booster for me. It makes me happy hearing the language. Sometimes when I was in the gym the other day and I could guess they were Korean and they were speaking the language. And I was just chuckling because I could hear everything they were saying. And I wanted to just bump in on them like, (laughs) I didn't want to scare them. I just you know laughed and I walked away. I'm like, see, because we're writing, my listening skills and my comprehension skills has actually improved. Mm-hmm. You know, so again, those are just yeah, additional well, because continuity. writing is more
1: complex, isn't it? And yes, yes, speaking yes. comes naturally to us, reading and yes. writing, not so much.
0: Yeah, yes, yes, yes. And a lot of what you even learn through movies and and dramas, they're not always natural, mm-hmm. but we use because they are formatted for like you know, video and all that. But just wanted to encourage you on that. But I think it's amazing that, um, as an African. We get to access, you know, languages that we normally wouldn't have have had access to, you know. So that's what we need to have. And then, um, and if you ever want to practice, let me know. Um, We can do freestyle. But last but not the least, I know you have a podcast. What you call Mm -hmm. the Spirit, um, the Bible Dodo
2: yes so So dodo
0: is what is that about (laughs) not plantain is it because plantain is dodo which is like my favorite food so what's the bible dodo because i know dodo is an extinct bird from you know or plantain or plantain is it dodo or dodo (laughs)
2: it's not not dodo plantain no um so i actually have two podcasts but they're both under the same name spiritual arsenal so one of them um just talks about i guess spiritual things um Mm. spiritual warfare bible plans like prayers and things like that but bible dodo is actually a sleep meditation podcast so Mm. i have this obsession with bible meditations i listen to them pretty much every night i've um since i moved to the place where i live at it's kind of a very noisy environment and i found myself just going through turmoil because i i can't i'm the type i'm that annoying roommate that can never sleep when other people are just existing (laughs) they're just existing just breathing having conversations so um i've had to invest into white noise machines and uh, i found a lot of comfort in bible meditations so i decided to make my own so that's what bible dodo is Bible ASMR. yeah and her voice is quite good by the way
0: because i listened to i think i told you that right her yeah. voice is just very soothing it's almost asmr material
2: Wow. and a very you. short
0: episode like five minutes long ten minutes long it's not quite a lot but it's quite good <laughs>
2: thank, you, thank so you myself yeah um yeah. i'm working on you know really uploading more episodes so that people can because people do tell me like these are too short come on but i (laughs) i just do one one chapter at a time and i may you know i may what i may do is upload like the whole book for those who prefer you know longer ones but that's gonna take some some editing some time yeah and I'm, i'm i'm already sweating thinking about it but thank you thank you so much that's encouraging that's really you amazing know. yeah yeah, yeah. But dodo. and it's a
1: classic example of making a product to satisfy your own itch or to scratch your own itch yes yeah. but so you about <laughs> to say something about dodo
2: yeah dodo means sleep in french i guess it's um it's Lang, mm. you would say really but there's so there's uh, yeah because um, yep, um, i've never heard
1: that before
2: yeah Dormir, yeah you can Dormir, like you Okay. Say, yeah yeah, yeah. Dodo, or like i'm going to do, do and there's a there's actually a nice uh, is goes, it creole
0: french is it like Wagado- like burkina faso french or french 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 mm. yeah i don't know that yeah. So it's kind of like
1: it's kind of like colloquial for sleep, basically. Is what you're yes. saying. Mm, yes. Dorming,
0: yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: So that's dorm to dorm. Difference. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. I see that, it now.
0: I see now. My French is coming back.
2: Yeah. Oh, it dang. is. Yo. Yo. You amaze me with your language skills.
0: I mean, I was so good at French. I could pray in French. This was when I was in high school through early college days, and I just lost it because I wasn't invested in the culture, and it's gone. But Sometimes it comes on.
1: So Bible Dodo is basically Bible sleep.
0: Yes. Like to make you sleep.
1: Yes. Yeah. Sleep with the Bible. But <laughs> yeah. Revelation <laughs> makes
0: me sleep, but I don't know if I'm supposed to make the Bible supposed to make us sleep. But, but at least it's to listen and also understand, which I think that's what you do. You explain scriptures in a very simplified way and draw context from it. Ah, Friday, this was a very fun episode. Um, I, I you have so much that. Going for you, and I'm especially very um honored you came on the podcast, and also wishing you all the best. Just know that your, the work you're doing is going to help women like me, and so um, that's why I had to share that personal example uh, because the U.S. is going to change a lot. It's going to be so. Prol- I mean, we're seeing just for example, Hispanics with their you know increased birth rates. They've they've begun beginning to be. I think the more dominant culture in the U S and, and that's, you know, that's amazing, I think. And, and, and I also even thinking about the black population and how Africans are expanding on that. And so we need more culturally um, appropriate and specific um, understanding of just the complex health, health um, issues we go through. And you're, you being an advocate for, you know, immigrant reproductive health, I think that's also going to help a lot. So keep doing your work and I wish you all the best with your PhD. That's what I'm trying to say.
2: Thank you. Thank you very yeah. much. Um, thank very, you for having best. me. This was, yeah. Yeah. This was thank fun. Thank you for coming. <laughs> thank you for coming.
0: Where can people find you, by the way, before you go? Like, you know, your podcast or if they want to read more about your work? Um, um but the professional one and the you know personal one
2: so i am they can find me on linkedin i'm also on twitter i'm this weird millennial who doesn't really use social media so i only <laughs> have a twitter <laughs> i only have a twitter no Facebook you went to, to the most IG. angry
0: place on earth <laughs> why am i surprised all you apple people you just take a lot of risk
2: um yeah you're a yeah.
0: compromise
2: i do have to say that twitter can be quite toxic but it's Can paying, <laughs> it's paying dividends. Okay, i i have met uh I have met one of my all time favorite people, favorite researchers on Twitter, and guess what? She's now exactly. on the dissertation committee. So, nice. Yeah. This is what I say so about
1: Twitter: is what you make it.
2: I yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. This I is, is I just one
0: out of it, like a stories. No, so though. you make by it. By the way. <clears throat> just yeah, saying. Exactly.
1: <laughs> Boom! Uh, I'll
0: keep praying. I'll keep praying for both of you. Your salvation is not complete. (laughs) Wow! Apple that they ate out of and gave it to people and selling it at a premium price. Jesus died for more than that. Apple, the same thing that led to the fall of man in the Garden of Eden. Apple.
1: Wow! You you want to get off that soapbox?
2: Yes. No, I I want (laughs) to stay on it. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. We'll pray for you. Mm. Um, Mm. but i'm on twitter linkedin and they can also find my podcast on apple Podcasts. just type spiritual arsenal i have a channel where they'll find both of my podcasts both bible dodo and spiritual arsenal because they are um different on bible dodo i just you know speak the bible and i have a mm. relaxing music in the background but then uh spiritual arsenal is slightly different and I hope that in the future I will get um you guys to join me for spiritual conversations on there. That would be you know, that would be awesome. I would love that. <laughs> um Well,
0: well oh, I just thank a, you. I'm a cynical Christian by the way, so That's okay. Just wanted to put that out. <laughs> no,
2: that's okay. Just kidding, no, just, kidding, no
0: just kidding, just kidding. Just kidding, just kidding. But I've come <laughs> I mean why are you laughing like that? Why are you smiling like that? we would me? love to because we've Faith and spiritual is one of things we, we like talking about. Yes, I can see your face. I can see your face. Well <laughs> quickly hold on, I'm before you go. How many siblings do you have? I forgot to ask that.
2: I have five siblings on my father's side. So okay. I am I'm my mom's only child and I'm okay. the last one. Um, of all the kids? Yes. Oh so, nice. How many um, brothers? How many sisters? I have three brothers and two sisters. Okay.
0: And then, um, how many languages do you speak? Two. At least, I know two
2: French and Unfortunately, English. Unfortunately, I only speak two.
0: <laughs> no, no, that's a, than, so that's a lot more and, than...
2: fluent. No, that's a lot more than... So, what are the And other Korean.
1: Ones? Why are you not counting Korean? Yes, count I'm
2: Korean not, now. So, I'm not counting Korean because I really... I haven't spoken. I haven't practiced in such a long time. So, but all, you all I can really it. say is like, Oh, 안녕하세요. And you can speak it more I really than like.
1: I can, though, can you? <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah.
2: I, like, I am what? just
0: like Korean illiterate, like total illiterate when it comes to Korean.
2: Yeah, so I can I can understand it, and you know when I'm outside and I hear people talking Korean, I'm like, oh, they're speaking Korean, and I try to eavesdrop and see <laughs> and you know understand what they're saying. But I don't, you know, I'm not fluent, um, so I mm-hmm. don't count that one. I think it's still also- counted. It.
0: If you can say ten things in Korean, that's that's fluent. That's some level of fluency, right? Where's the <laughs> bathroom? I'm hungry. Stop it. Take me home how are you bye bye shut up <laughs> uh
2: yeah i should definitely say those things I believe exactly <laughs> which is more than i mean can say
0: <laughs> again i mean it's like a uh, sorry okay. uh, sorry okay. uh- <laughs> <laughs> he's shaking his head by the way guys
2: <laughs> I, I mean it's okay you have other other priorities don't you i know, cannot let mo yeah don't let mo bring you down <laughs>
0: we're going down. I mean, anyways, thank you so much, Farida. Uh, um, thank you. yeah. It was a pleasure to be here and,
2: yeah. um, you know, I'll be happy to come back anytime. Yes, whatever you I, have,
0: any things you want to talk about, just, you know, you have, you have my phone number and email, just, once you have your dissertation done or whatever things you would like to highlight again just we'd love to have you back
2: thank you i would love to, right. to be back <laughs>
0: okay all right guys well this was the episode with mo and now he's frozen elsa <laughs> apple mac dongle i'm missing all the buzzwords um what else again iphone 6 iphone 7 iphone 8 9 10 11 12 13 iphone died Tom right by the river apple maps um (laughs) overheating my computers (laughs) my charger stopped working because it broke (laughs) (laughs) Iomidio, mean, we've already abused you at Apple. You just came at the wrong time. you hearing everything we're saying? Could you hear us?
2: Oh, he froze again. Oh, he's frozen again. Anyways,
0: um, this is this is this is Iomidio's Spotty network in Ipswich. He's in a bad spot in England, and then he uses Apple. I don't know how our friendship works. I I, I don't know. I think I'm. I, I give myself more credit. I'm a very good friend that I can still accept him for who who, who he is. I mean. That says a lot about me, Farida. So anyways. <laughs> Thanks once again. And um we'll let you know when the episode comes out. And take care of yourself,
2: okay? Thank you. You as well. All bye, right Ayomi. day. I know you're frozen, but thank you. It was yeah, nice to his, meet you. He's Olaf you. right bye. now. I can hear you. He's <laughs> Olaf wow, you right say now. Bye.
1: <laughs> thank you.
2: All right, bye. Bye. <laughs> yes.
0: And guys, check out the episodes uh on Spotify, Podbeam, wherever you check your podcast on and we hope you enjoy this episode. Bye.